1: Ashley and it's Brittany, and we are more than a season podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. We love our community. We do. We're excited to have you guys back for another episode this week. But we just wanted to remind you, if you haven't done so already, to go ahead and review the podcast on Apple or Spotify. If you haven't been around for the past couple of weeks. We had an interesting encounter with Instagram and some some trolls that decided to go ahead and bash our entire podcast platform based on nothing that was having to do with our actual podcast. And so we have lots of one-star reviews that really don't have anything to do with us. So if you wouldn't mind, we absolutely love you. If you've done that already, we've seen you and we appreciate it so much to get us kind of back to where we were on those reviews and those numbers.
2: Yeah, thanks for taking the time to do that. People are crazy, man. I would never go do that, (laughs) go do something like that. But I am just so thankful that we've had so many go and give us some positive feedback. So thank you, thank you.
1: Yes, we are so thankful for you if you've done that already. And speaking of crazy people, if you (laughs) followed me on Instagram the other day, I was talking about my experience because I went to Wisconsin for a site visit for work. I'm an event coordinator, if you didn't know. And I was going to Wisconsin, sat next to this really weird, crazy guy, and he was just all sorts of crazy and wackadoodle. And I heard a bunch of different stories from y'all about crazy people on flights. And I just feel like they should not be allowed <laughs> because no. it's just so uncomfortable for everyone else around them. Yeah.
2: There should just be like a radar or something.
1: It's like, nope, didn't make it. You're going to be weird on the plane. Like, yeah, you can't board. We should have to take like a mental assessment before <laughs> you get on the plane. <laughs> See if you're with it. At least a
2: breathalyzer. I think yeah. that would be good. Yeah. Drunk
1: people like that. I mean, I understand like drinking on the airplanes, mm-hmm. like if they offer that, but The fact that you like come to an airplane like completely hammered and out of your mind and he was definitely on something else I think too because he was just repeating himself or maybe he had Alzheimer's I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, with people on the airplanes, I even had a crazy experience when I was going to an event and the guy got in a fight with another passenger on the plane while we're in the air. Oh, And my it's gosh. just like, I don't understand what goes through people's mind because you're stuck. It's like, where are you going to go? I know.
1: And that's how I really felt. I felt stuck. And especially like, thank God he fell asleep. But before that, he was, like, trying to look at my phone and, like, see what I was doing on my phone. Like, he was getting so close to me and looking at my stuff. I was, like, trying to turn it the other way and just, like, laying against the window. It was so uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, I was always told that. I think one of my friends told me they're like, if you're ever in an uncomfortable situation, like turn around and (laughs) turn around and do exactly what he's doing or she's doing to you. But I would never do that. Like I would never turn around and get so close and be like,
1: can I help you? Like, what are you doing? I did not want to be close to him at all. So (laughs) normally I might say, okay, but in that situation, I was like, oh, my gosh, please get away from me. Gross me out. And his jacket like kept getting on top of me. So when he fell asleep, I literally kicked it to the floor and I like stomped (laughs) on it and then I moved it under his seat. I was so pissed. Uh. I like didn't want to touch it because it had like holes in it. It was just gross. Like he looked, I hate to say this, but he looked like he was a homeless person that was like on the flight. Like he just looked like he hasn't bathed in like weeks.
2: Yeah, that would get me. And people, I'm sorry. If y'all do this, I can't sit next to you on the flight. Like, it is one of my number one pet peeves. If you take your shoes off and put your feet on my armrest from behind, I might have a heart attack. I
1: can't handle it. I literally, oh, so uncomfortable. Yeah, that's so gross. I also hate when people, now that we're talking about it, I hate when people stand up and they move their way from the back of the plane to the front of the plane to try to get off first. And I'm like... Kate, settle down. Like, everybody yes. has somewhere to go. You're not the only person that exists, like, yes. on this plane. They're probably
2: the ones that clap when it lands, too. It's yeah. the same dang person. You're like, Ugh. I don't understand you. I know. Sorry we could rant. We're obviously on a little bit of a sassy meter (laughs)
1: today. (laughs) I was clearly frustrated, but I'm back. I'm ready to go. I feel better.
2: Yeah, and I went to a concert last weekend, but it was so, so fun, and I kind of fangirled a little bit. I had really played this out in my head. I got to meet Cody Johnson, which is so cool, and it was nice that Carson surprised me with this, but I have been... At his concert since like college, when he was playing in these small little venues at different college towns, and now he's like a big deal. He's played at the Houston rodeo, all these different things. And I was just playing this out in my head. I was like, okay, be cool, be cool. And Carson's like, you're gonna be weird when you get up there. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be so cool. And then I started joking, like trying to make light of it, because you're in this line. And as the people go into the room, take the picture and come out, they're all excited and giddy. So like your heart is racing because you're like, I'm about to meet him. (laughs) So there was literally this line. So as we're in line waiting, Carson's like, what are you going to say? He's like picking on me. I was like, oh, my gosh. What if I curtsy? Like, when I get up there, (laughs) why why would you curtsy? curtsy? I don't know. It popped up in my head. I was like, what if I, like, bow or, like, curtsy? Like, hello, Mr. Johnson. I don't know what was going through my head. So when I get up there, it's my turn. You, like, put your purse on the table. You can't take your purse and do the picture. Put my purse down. I walk around, and he's standing there smiling, and I... You froze. Yeah, I froze. I don't know why. <laughs> and he stuck his hand out and he said, you know, hi, ma'am, how are you? And like shook my hand. And I was like, all right, let's take the photo. That's what I said. i was <laughs> standing there. Carson looked at me like, what is wrong with you? And he gave the phone to the guy to take our photo. And he started laughing because I'm just like grinning like so big in the picture. And I'll have to share it with y'all. But yes, I fangirl. It was That's so embarrassing. so funny. I feel like
1: I feel like there's certain people that you fangirl over. Like I've definitely seen famous people before, and there's a lot of them that I really could care less about. But like athletes, for me, is something that I fangirl over. So I can definitely understand because I remember when I saw Danny Amendola one time at a brunch restaurant, and I literally thought I was gonna pass out, and I was like, ah, uh, Uh, ah." yeah, (laughs) like you just can't say anything because you're like, oh my gosh. So I definitely get that. But that's awesome that you got to actually meet him and got to go to the concert. So that's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And just it was just an
2: amazing time. But we will stop chatting else ear off because I literally, <laughs> I literally have so many stories, I feel like from the concert. But this interview that y'all are about to hear, It blew our mind. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of left us speechless on we need to reevaluate some things in our life. (laughs) Yes, lots of things. Yes, lots of things we're putting into our body. But Madeline was a part of our podcast accelerator program that we did. And she just breaks down holistic health in ways that you can live a clean life, which is incredible.
1: It really is and she talks about ways that are you know easy to digest because I feel like a lot of the things that are put out there are just super overwhelming and sometimes judgmental in the sense that they just want you to do all of these things and it seems like a never-ending feat and for us she just put it into simple terms and kind of broke things down on how you can start and not that you have to do everything right away and not that it's a one-time fix and all of your problems will go away, but she definitely put it in terms that we can all easily digest.
2: Yeah, y'all are going to really enjoy this one and learn so much, and we will see you on the other side. Today is a great day for an interview, Bernie.
1: We're excited about this one.
2: Yeah, it's our favorite time of the week. And this guest has a special place in our heart because she was on our podcast accelerator program.
1: Mm -hmm. That was one of our favorite things that we did last year. And we know that we've talked about that before, but we're excited to have another guest from the podcast accelerator.
2: Yeah, I'll let her introduce herself in just a second. But I think it's so funny because we did these breakout rooms basically to learn more about other podcasts and different journeys that everyone's on and we always ended up paired together. So it makes me laugh because I just, we always had this random assignment together and um I'm not going to say any more though. I'm going to throw it on over to her and let her introduce herself.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much ladies for having me on. It is hilarious that we were always paired together, but <laughs> I love it and can definitely relate as well. I think that was my favorite thing that I did last year too. Yeah. So and I'm so happy it brought us together. Yes, too. My name's Madeline. I'm a holistic health coach. And I actually just relocated from the Cayman Islands, which is where I was when we were in that mentorship together. And my boyfriend and I just relocated to New Orleans. Wow. So he's actually a chef, and we pretty much relocate every three to four years. And this is our next journey. So I am so excited. We are loving it, but as I was telling y'all earlier, um, we just moved into our apartment, so things are a little bit wonky right now, But. Um. yeah, It's it's been wonderful, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with y'all today. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's so fun. I feel like you can definitely relate to a lot of people in this industry that constantly move, and then you know that those boxes, there's some that just kind mm-hmm. of never <laughs> get unpacked, and they just are always there. So hopefully you have better luck than um, we've had in the past. But I want to talk about the <laughs> Cayman Islands, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a different place. We've never talked to anyone that's lived there before, so talk to us about living there, because I know that there's some differences that you talked about in the podcast accelerator.
0: I'd lived in the Caribbean for 10 years. That actually was the second island that I was that I lived on. My boyfriend and I actually met in the Virgin Islands wow. and we actually relocated from there because we had a really bad hurricane in 2017. So we had to relocate and we moved to Cayman. And I mean to be honest, after 10 years almost of being in the Caribbean, there's definitely similarities between the different islands, but I will say Cayman is a special place, um, mm-hmm. especially as an American. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's a completely different experience when you move to actually a different country. You know, you have to go through work permit processes, visas, and all of these, you know, different like bureaucratic loops and jumps and things to be able to live there. And I just feel like it gives you such a different perspective on the challenges that people face when they go to a new country. Mm-hmm. So it just for me it was very eye opening and it gave, you know, so much more respect for all the people that travel the world and move to a new country because it's definitely not easy. Yeah. And you know there's a lot of things that you have to do and there's things you can't do, different currencies and so trying to, you know, launch and start a business and having to like navigate all of that. It definitely is a it's a soul journey. (laughs) I will say that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. What do you think that was the hardest transition? Was it being in a different like culture and the way that life is on the island or what it just kind of blows my mind because I can't imagine starting over and just seeing so many new things because for us moving from state to state, it is a huge transition. But at least I feel like it's a the same culture in a sense of language and currency Mm -hmm. and all those things that you just described. So what was the hardest part?
0: I mean, definitely the most exciting part is the culture and is getting to like experience just something totally different Mm -hmm. in that regard. But I I would say probably the hardest part, to be honest, is just like figuring out your banking situation. (laughs) And I know it sounds so random, but you know, when we, we take it for granted and I'm so happy you know, now that we're back in the States for just a little bit more seamlessness in, in regards to banking and all of that, because the U S banking system runs completely different than, you know, any other countries. And so just simple things like needing to pay your credit card bill, you can't do that. So you have to figure out so many different ways because it's completely different routing system versus Swift versus just all of those little things that you don't think about when you're deciding to, you know, put roots in a place and live somewhere. So I'm definitely looking forward to having a a much easier time in these next few years.
1: Yeah, I bet especially starting a business and trying to figure out that part of things like would be so hard with banking and trying to figure out the different currencies. And I know you mentioned that in in the accelerator as well, where it was hard to like, get deals with different brands and things like that because of the rules and things that they had and they came in the yeah. Cayman. That's crazy to me. But let's talk about being a holistic health coach. So, yeah. talk to us about how you even got started in that journey. Where did that passion begin?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, it started in the Virgin Islands. So, I was 22 years old and graduated from college, moved down to the Virgin Islands, had a job offer, and I was just Keen and eager to explore and do something new. And I had, you know, really no expectations. I didn't know how long I was going to be living there, but I knew I wanted to go on an adventure. So, about I would say three to four months into living in the Virgin Islands, which we lived in St. Thomas, I got like a little bump on my leg, didn't think anything of it. And I was like, oh, it's just a mosquito bite, Mm -hmm. bug bite, whatever. And then like, y'all, like two days, three days goes by and it's getting bigger and bigger and it's like hurting, it's hot to the touch. I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked at it and it was so big. And I was like, Oh my God, it's a spider bite and they're gonna have to amputate my leg. Like, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, you think yeah. the worst. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Literally, like my brain was like, Oh my god. So I drive myself to the ER and the like nurse practitioner or whatever, he takes one look at it and he's like oh, it's just a staph infection. Don't worry about it. And I was like, what? I'm like, it's very painful. And he essentially was like, oh, just take some antibiotics. I'm going to prescribe you. He's like, if the swelling doesn't start going down in a few days, they're probably going to have to cut it open and drain it. He was like, but yeah, here's your antibiotics. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And my, my prior experience with staph infections was just, I just knew it was something that happened. I thought to old people in the hospital, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's what a staph infection is. Apparently it's very common in the Caribbean because of just like really warm weather. And we all have bacteria on our skin and yeah, you can just, if you have like a bug bite, it gives an opportunity for a more pathogenic bacteria species to yeah, just create an infection. Mm -hmm. So long story short, it didn't Go down. So they had to, sorry, any listeners. Yeah, they had to cut it open. (laughs) So I won't go into detail on that. And then I was just like, that was terrible. And then I ended up having two swollen lymph nodes like two weeks later under my arm. And I feel like I've always been such a healthy person. I never had, I feel very blessed. Like I never had any health issues as a kid, as a teenager. And I went back to the doctor, had to have another one cut open and drained under my arm. It was so painful. And that doctor, again, just tried to give me another round of antibiotics. And I just knew, I intuitively, I was like, thankfully, my mom had always told us to never take antibiotics unless you absolutely need it, because that's how they build up that resistance. Mm -hmm. And I just intuitively was like, hmm this isn't it. There's something, you know, there's something going on deeper. Why can't my body fight off whatever it's trying to fight off? So I went down the wormhole and I realized, you know, despite my best intentions, what I was eating, what I was putting on my skin, what I was cleaning my home with were actually so many toxic chemicals and so many things that actually just cause your body to become unbalanced. And that was, yeah, nine years ago. And so it's been a journey ever since I healed my staph infection naturally the next time and touch wood. (laughs) I haven't experienced one since. And it's just been a, a beautiful journey and truly found my passion through my pain, I guess you could say, because ever since then, I've just been extremely passionate about helping other people make that connection between what they're using or what they're eating and how they're actually feeling.
2: Yeah, that's incredible. I think that over the past couple of years, me personally, I have been on a journey just trying to figure out what my body likes, like food wise, what it does not like just for the overall of just feeling better, not even just trying to like lose weight or do anything. But I think that there's so many products out there that are pushed that are like quick fixes to be like, oh, well, you can feel better if you have this or you can feel better if you take this for, I don't know, 30 days or something like that. But we don't really investigate or read what we're putting into our bodies. So for someone that is brand new on this journey that has never really Flip the label and started reading all these ingredients that you're putting on your body or even in your body where do you think they should start because I feel like it's very overwhelming in the beginning at least it was
0: for me 100 percent. that's a great question well I can say I feel you yeah. <laughs> I've been there <laughs> that was definitely how I felt when I started out as well I don't recommend just dumping everything and running you know I say slow and steady wins the race because, you know, I love what you said as well about wanting that quick fix, because we really are a society that is so rooted in the quick fix. We would rather sign up for some program that's like lose 20 pounds in 30 days and we're going to fix your gut health. And I think that it just really gives this illusion that that's how simple it should be. And it's not you know, to be negative and say that it's going to be some long drawn out process because it doesn't have to be, but like getting underneath the surface and getting to the root cause of things, it's not going to be just one supplement. It's not going to be just a quick fix. Like it's going to take a little bit of time, but the benefit in that is that you're getting to know yourself. You're getting to know your body. You're getting to know your cues. You're getting to know so much more. Such you're getting to know yourself on such a deep level. That's such a beautiful experience. So I definitely can't recommend it enough. Um, <laughs> to answer your question, I mean, as far as you know, just starting out, I really want to just encourage your community and your listeners to just remember that simple is best. I truly feel like as a society we have been sold this idea that we need. 700 products to do like one thing like we need bathroom cleaner tile cleaner shower cleaner sink cleaner toilet cleaner it's like (laughs) hold up like we do not need 17 products to clean one room of our house Mm -hmm. and every time that we introduce another one of those products that's another exposure point Mm -hmm. for chemicals that really aren't doing us any good so Just remember that simple is best. So it's okay if you have the toilet cleaner and all of that, you know, you don't need to throw it out. Just, I would say, once you use it up, you don't need to purchase it again and just choose one or two cleaners for that room and really sticking with, you know, simple is best choosing if you want to buy a product that's already ready for you. I mean, in the past, like five years, it's incredible the change. That I've witnessed, I'm sure y'all have noticed yeah. it too. Consumers are waking up. Mm-hmm. They are demanding transparency. They're demanding to know what's in their products. And I am here for it. I love it. That is how we enact change. And so there are a lot of brands that are transparent, that do have products that are ready to use, that are clean and effective. I mean, even simple things like Dr. Bronner's, Castile soap, just put that in a spray bottle. Add a little essential oil if you'd like, and boom, you have an all-purpose cleaner, Mm -hmm. you know, ready to go. But there's also, you know, so many incredible resources if you wanted to make one yourself, things like that. So, I mean, there's definitely options, but I would say the biggest rule of thumb truly is simple is best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're speaking to my heart because I'm like such a cleaner. I've got 7 million products. (laughs) No, but recently I just was thinking about that because our bathroom is like all white tile and we have all white grout, which I would never, ever, ever recommend anyone do. I swear it's the worst thing ever. She's not bitter. (laughs) Yeah. I I regret that 100%. (laughs) But it's so hard to clean because the hard water like builds up and it gets gross. So I was using bleach one day and I – thought to myself like oh my gosh I have a headache this is terrible for me and so I tried mm-hmm. to switch over to something a little more natural the hardest problem was like looking at things that are like Mrs. Myers or thieves
0: mm-hmm. ones that
1: are kind of pushed out there as like these all natural brands or non-toxic brands like how do you kind of filter through that versus like going and making something yourself or what do you think is a better option when coming to those brands that are kind of pushed out there?
0: Yeah. That's such an important question. That practice is commonly referred to as green washing. Mm-hmm. I like to call it clean washing as like a cheeky little spin with clean B, but <laughs> it's really where a brand tries to, you know, follow the trends. They use savvy marketing mm-hmm. and psychology skills with some eco, you know, sounding language. They're going to throw green, tan, and other earthy colors on a label to deceive the consumer mm-hmm. and make them believe that the product that they're buying is somehow less toxic or better for the environment, which in reality, so many of those brands are really not that much better. Maybe they have one or two ingredients less, or they switch something out, but I mean not to like hate on Miss Myers, but that's one of those brands that isn't really, you know, that much better in particular with things like fragrance. That's something that I just want to drive home for your listeners is that synthetic fragrance is such a loophole. So if you ever turn over a product and in the ingredients it will say fragrance and if it doesn't have a parenthesis, and it's telling you what that fragrance is, run, put it down. <laughs> you don't want that product because it's essentially a giant loophole in the FDA regulation process where they're just not able to keep up. And I mean, I feel for them. I definitely wouldn't want that job, but it's essentially a loophole where companies are not required to disclose mm. what like constitutes their fragrance. One, because it's considered a trade secret. And then two is they can actually request their own third-party testing and say that they've tested it for safety. And that's where a lot of things get that gross label, like G-R-A-S stands for generally recognized as safe. And so sometimes if you look something up on Google, you're curious about a certain ingredient, it might come up and say, oh, it's, it's GRAS, it's gross, it's generally recognized as safe. That's like Likely because the company did their own research and tested it, but the people that tested it worked for the company. Mm, yeah. So do you really think that that's an impartial third party yeah. that's going to actually have the consumer in mind? The likelihood is is quite low. Right. So you know when it comes to things like that, I would say just have a discerning eye looking over at that label. and if you see fragrance and you don't see any kind of other description, I would say like steer away from that. And then just as far as actually like making your own things with your tile, <laughs> which I totally know the feeling because our old apartment came in white tile, white grout. It was it's awful, yeah. <laughs> literally the worst. <laughs> Hydrogen peroxide is actually a great mm-hmm. alternative yeah. for bleach. I mean, thing that's interesting with bleach is it actually doesn't even get rid of mold fully it kind of just removes like that top layer Mm -hmm. so that we, we get like a artificial clean, but then you'll notice like, it'll always come back. Like if there was mold, the mold comes back and that's because it wasn't actually like completely killed off. Hydrogen peroxide is a great option to kind of help actually kill off, you know, things like that. And to help, I mean, it's obviously not going to work as quickly as bleach, but just an option. I like that. Thank you.
1: I
2: appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. You're welcome. (laughs) Like, while you were talking, I'm, like, thinking of everything that I have, I'm like, oh, man. Well, and it's just, it is so true. I feel like you grow up with certain products. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's almost a generation thing, too, that we're now slowly becoming more educated with what's good for you versus what's actually good for you. So I just think that it's going to take some time, like what you're saying, just to educate and the consumer learning like hey just because it has a label does not mean that it's actually that is the best product for you so thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like that is so helpful and with moving around it is so hard every location that I have personally moved to we don't know what's going to be available like at our fingertips so I have been mm. in a town where there's four grocery stores and it's very clean centered everything is like Eco, everyone is trying to do their best, and then you move somewhere else and you move somewhere else. So, with all that being said, what do you think is like the best practice? Like, when you move to a new location and you have to start a new routine to keep that clean living lifestyle, what do you suggest? Because I feel like it's a little overwhelming when you're moving and trying to keep up with it all.
0: Yeah, that's such a good question. And I totally agree. It's real time for us. Like, I'm just relocating, and I'm totally in that boat right now mm-hmm. where I'm starting over and getting like my bearings on like what's around me, what do I have access to? And I'm sure your listeners have heard of places like Thrive Market. Mm-hmm. but I actually really love Vitacost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all have heard of it before, but it's like a wholesale online health store. So they not only sell like supplements and things like that, but they have clean like products, Dr. Bronner's, they have home products, skincare products. I mean, they really have like everything and they have better prices than if you were to buy it in a store. So if you're like listeners are living within the U.S., I mean, I would definitely look into that because that's what I'm doing personally, Mm -hmm. because you know, like the grocery store that's right down the street. I said to my boyfriend, I was like, "Mm, (laughs) Nope, that ain't, I ain't going to cut it. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to Uber because we're in a city. We don't have a car. So I'm like, I'm going to have to Uber to Whole Foods. And I'm like, that's so far away. So it's like, take a look at what's around you. Check out like, and I'll definitely give you guys some resources that you can share with your listeners as far as places to check out Mm -hmm. for, you know, making your own at home.
1: I feel like there's so many different areas of your life that you can kind of integrate these products. Like, I'm just thinking like, where do you even start? Like, is it? Kitchen? Is it bathroom? Is it clean? Like, where do you recommend people start? Because I think that's the overwhelming part, at least personally for me, where I'm like, this sounds so great, but I'm like thinking about my skincare, my hair care, my
0: all of Mm -hmm. those things. So, where do you recommend people start? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it, it definitely can feel really overwhelming. I always say for anyone that's really like ready to go forward on this path, just pick the low hanging fruit for you. Pick what feels most accessible and most realistic, because I do think that so often there's a lot of noise out on the internet. Eat this, don't eat that. Do this, don't do that. Just so much messaging, mm-hmm. and it's like just tap into yourself. For me, I also like honestly recommend like with any clients that I work with, the first thing that I start them off with is actually produce. You know, veg- fruits and vegetables. Because we're buying it, you know, Mm -hmm. we're buying it consistently too. And that tends to be something that can make an immediate change. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, if you just bought a cleaner, it feels really wasteful to just throw that away, you know, and go and buy something else. But produce, I mean, that's something that, you know, we should be having weekly. We should be having our veggies, you know? And if someone is used to buying quote unquote, conventionally grown produce, I like to call it chemically grown produce, not my original idea. I think I hawked that term from Dr. Mark Hyman, but it's brilliant. So much of our produce that is on our shelves is just riddled with chemical herbicides and pesticides and we are starting to know the detrimental effects of those chemicals on our overall health, but in particular on our gut microbiome. It is just decimating all of that good bacteria and you know i just like to say people often wonder why we have so many allergies these days why are why are so many people struggling why are so many people having skin issues all of that is linked back to our gut health and if we're ingesting produce that is covered in glyphosate we're definitely not doing our body any good and the thing that hurts my heart is that people are just trying to do their best and they just don't know and that's why i'm very passionate about this mission and trying to spread the message because that was me nine years ago. That was me buying the produce and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm doing something good mm-hmm. for my body. Little did I know that that apple has, you know, 80 trace chemicals on its peel. Mm-hmm. And I think really, you know, overall picking the low hanging fruit, I guess like no pun intended, but start with your produce. And there are resources out there because I know the first like pushback I always get is, oh, well, organic is so expensive. And I'm like, so yes, it can definitely be more expensive, but a couple things. One, reach out to your local community, see if there's a farmer's market, see if you can buy local and actually talk to those farmers and make sure that, you know, that they're having practices that are not completely chemical based. But also I love to refer to the dirty dozen. I don't know if y'all have heard of that before, but It's a a document that's released by the Environmental Working Group every year. It actually just dropped on Wednesday of this week, their 2022 list. And what it is, is they essentially every year test like the most common fruits and vegetables for pesticide residue and they create a dirty dozen. So that's like your 12 produce items that are the dirtiest. So they have the most chemical residue. And then they have the clean 15. So that's the 15 produce items that actually have either little to no residue or like very minimal. So, you know, that's a great thing to use when you're on a budget and you can prioritize, okay, I'm going to buy the more expensive spinach because I know that if I buy the regular spinach, that is definitely contaminated. And I'm definitely reducing my exposure by buying the organic. Versus something like a banana or an avocado, honestly, it's a waste to buy organic, you know, with that, because those are not, they have a a protective peel, but your listeners can look at the list and that's like a great place to start, especially if you're on a budget. Wow.
2: I'm like, speechless. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about what I've been buying. <laughs> I'm like so guilty right now. Oh, wow. there's this, I just feel like there's so much education, but that is all brilliant. And so I just love the, the way that you explained all that because I had no idea. So I used to go grocery shopping with my mom and this will just show you how guilty I am. And there was these huge apples and they were obviously super chemical they were like the huge you know what I'm talking about what the I don't yeah. remember they're like big apples yeah yep. so I <laughs> I put one in my lunch and I'll never forget this because I was sitting at the lunch table this girl next to me um, we were on the same cheer team but she was her family was very clean like everything was very up to speed with what was going on I pull out this big apple and she's like you know that that's gonna be toxic for you right and I was like it's an apple. And she's like, look how big that is. Do you honestly think an apple like that size is going to fall from like a tree? It was huge. Like this apple was huge. So scarred forever on, on that. I had to share because that's what it made me think of. But for you with your body, what have you seen change in a positive way since you've began this journey? Like, do you feel like you are not sick as often? Do you feel with more energy? What things have happened that you've seen over that course of the past years?
0: Yeah. Great question. I mean, it's been a long journey, but I will say I feel pretty lucky that even when I was younger, I, I, you know, I rarely, I rarely got sick, but I would have, you know, the occasional cold or flu here and there, but I can literally say in the past 10 years, like other than that staph infection thing, since I made those changes, I'm never sick. Like, and I'm not saying that to sound braggadocious, but like, I truly take it as a testament that my body is resilient because here's the thing, when it comes to getting sick, I think, especially in these past two years, y'all, everyone knows it's been crazy, (laughs) but it's not necessarily like, oh, you catch something and you're going to have this experience. It's every single person's body is different. Mm -hmm. And what happens when symptoms manifest, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. It's, you know, so I do want to preface it with that. But it just means that your body wasn't able to overcome it. Because have you ever wondered why like some people are constantly getting sick Mm -hmm. and then other people is like just living their life? Yeah. Like when everyone was having the flu a couple of years ago before COVID, everyone in my parents' house, we were, my boyfriend and I were in Florida visiting. Everybody was sick, him included. And I'm just walking around. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, well, I'll get y'all some soup. Let me get you cut up some oranges. And it's just like- (laughs) I like to think of our bodies, especially like with our immune system, like imagine a rain barrel, a sink, a cup, like whatever vessel you want to picture. And every single exposure point is another cup of water, like getting poured into your cup. So like, you know, one exposure is all the chemicals that we're exposed to. One exposure is, you know, drinking alcohol. One exposure is our makeup. I mean, you know, whatever, all these different things, right? And this cup is eventually going to get full. Now, when you have symptoms, that's because your cup is, it's too full and Mm -hmm. now it's overflowing and it can't handle anymore. That resiliency has been impacted. And so that's when things like eczema, a lot of people that struggle with eczema and psoriasis so much is because their body is just tapped out and Mm -hmm. they're, they're expressing and manifesting these symptoms. And It can be illness for some, you know, it can be a cold for some people. It can be digestive upset for other people. So really just, I think overall feeling healthy. I feel like that was super long winded. I'm sorry, but (laughs) you know, just feeling healthy and feeling like I trust my body to be able to handle whatever it encounters. And I just want to like encourage your community to know that that is possible for literally every single person. So no matter what it is that you are facing or dealing with currently, like your body wants to be in equilibrium. Your body wants to be in homeostasis and it will get back to that if you help provide it an environment to do so. So don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Like you can feel incredible. It just takes a little bit of time, but you can.
1: I love the way that you put that though. I feel like that's such a good description for us to be able to visualize what you're saying and kind of take that in on our own account of how our bodies are processing these things that we encounter every single day. Do you have an opinion about vitamins? I don't know why that just like came to my mind of like do you take vitamins every single day? What are your thoughts on like that? I feel like that's a whole other world that's kind of gotten even crazier in the past few years of all these different brands that have come out. So what are your thoughts on vitamins?
0: Yeah, such a good question. Definitely am a fan of vitamins and supplements for sure. It's just important to read your labels. I feel like (laughs) I know that sounds so annoying. I'm sure you're like, oh Wow, surprise (laughs) that you're telling telling me to do this. But I just say, look at everything with a skeptical eye as well. Like, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, I'm a skeptic. Like, no, but just have a discerning eye Mm -hmm. and just don't believe what's on the front, you know, and that this is a good rule of thumb for anything. You know, if it says lose 10 pounds in five days, take this supplement, you know, like, okay what's going on here? Like, let's turn that over Yeah, because so many supplements, they have a lot of fillers, like your standard, you know, brands and stuff. They'll have methyl cellulose, different citric acid, um, titanium dioxide. I mean, different coloring agents, the list goes on. And so I think just looking for as close to nature as possible. And I definitely want your listeners to remember that like the word supplement is called supplement for a reason. It's meant to supplement our diet. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, out supplement a bad diet. And I don't even like to say bad because I try not to use those words and that language around, you know, when it comes to what we consume, but if you're pouring all of this into your body, you can't take two supplements and, you know, think that that's just going to somehow cure what you have (laughs) going on. So I think just being realistic and I cannot stress like test don't guess because really high quality supplements are expensive. But they're worth it. Mm-hmm. But instead of dumping five hundred dollars out to like, okay, this influencer said I need to have. Oh my god! Oh my god! I need this. I need this. You know, it's so easy to do. I totally have been caught up in that. I'm like, she said it's great. Let me try that. It's like, <laughs> you probably don't even need it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so, test, don't guess. If you are, you know, if you're curious and you're looking to get to know your body better, do some functional medicine testing. There's so many different options out there. Your listeners can reach out to me if they want, I can give you all a link for a testing company that I work with that you can do at home. And, you know, but there's so many, there's so many companies out there, or they can go to their doctor and ask, you know, test my hormones. I want to know all of my vitamin and nutrient levels. I want to know, you know, where's my magnesium at? Where's my zinc at? What's my B12 look like? Because otherwise you might not actually, you know, need any of these supplements in reality. And then it's just expensive pee at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: love that. (laughs) Well, that's what I was about to ask. I'm like, how do you even know what to to take? Because you go down the aisle and you're like – I mean, every single letter in my little Flintstone, you know, gummies that I used to take growing <laughs> up must not be cutting it because I am curious though, with that testing process that it would be so helpful because yeah. then it could narrow it down and I'm going to do it a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I know. I love those Flintstone vitamins too. They're so good. Yeah,
1: so yummy. <laughs>
0: They were good. They were good. Very chalky, but good.
1: (laughs) Well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing wisdom in this area that we just clearly have no idea (laughs) what we're doing. So we appreciate it so much. Um, And we'll definitely share all of your information in the show notes. But if you could share where people can find you so they can reach out if they have any questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again. This has been so much fun. So yeah, I mainly hang out over on Instagram. I'm at the clean B and that's the with two E's. I just like when things are balanced. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's the clean B over on IG. I do have some free resources there. If your listeners want to check out, they can click the link in bio. I have like a seven steps to a less toxic kitchen cheat sheet. Kind of gives you an overview on where to really start. If you decide that you are ready to kind of tackle the kitchen, um, there's some resources there. I do have a group coaching program that I'll be launching in the next few months. So if they're interested, they can join my mailing list and find out once that launches and that will be working through the different pillars on releasing and reducing our toxic load. So yeah, mainly hanging out on Instagram, definitely check my stories because that's like where the real life happens. (laughs) And yeah, I love having this conversation with y'all today.
2: Yes. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast.
1: You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast with the latest updates.
2: If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform.
1: See you next time.